Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Schell. Today we break down a 37-point victory for Team USA over Italy, how the Nova boys led the way, and what the U.S. has to fear in both Germany and Latvia looking forward, plus a tough game for Team Canada against Luka Doncic in Slovenia. All that next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day because we're now available on all platforms. So be sure to hit that notification bell on YouTube and subscribe so you never miss an episode there. If you want to be an everydayer on the audio side, uh, be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. But if you want to take that next step and, and really make this a full-on codependent relationship, uh, you can text us. All you have to do is hit the link in the description if you tried to do so in the past and were confused why it didn't work. That's because I'm an idiot and had been putting the wrong link there for a couple of weeks. Um, but now the link is set up for subtext. Um, so you can text Alex and I whenever you want your Knicks takes, um, your thoughts on future moves, and we'll return the favor. We'll send our thoughts on any future trades, Knicks victories, um, and some premium content just for you on Subtext, but who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster, and I'm here to break down a big win for Team USA, 100-63 to over Team Italy. We, we mentioned it um, talking about the loss to Lithuania, that um, it might have ultimately been a blessing in disguise for Team USA. It, it wasn't in the sense that it exposed some potentially severe weaknesses that, as I'll get into in just a little bit, um, still could be present for Team USA. But it wasn't that it got them a much easier path into the FIBA finals as they got to play Italy, who had unfortunately in this game was, was proven to be easily the worst team to make the quarterfinals. While Lithuania, their, their reward uh, for the biggest win of the World Cup so far was having to take on a, a really tough veteran Serbia team. And, and falling in that one by about 19 points. Um, so Lithuania is out. Team USA moves on into the FIBA Final Four. This guarantees a better finish than the U.S. had uh, three years ago when they fell um, in the quarterfinals and ultimately got seventh place um, in that tournament. Uh, it was a well-rounded effort for Team USA. Um, it, it was all about the Villanova trio, Mikhail Bridges, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, um, along with a massive performance from Tyrese Halliburton, leading the way for Team USA. Um, we'll, we'll start off with our Knicks, guys, because this is, of course, a Knicks podcast. Jalen Brunson didn't really have to do a whole lot on the night, only played 16 minutes in this game. Pretty efficient effort, nine points, four assists, two rebounds, three for six from the field, one for two from three, two for two from the line. Josh Hart played the second most minutes on Team USA with 20 tied with uh, Halliburton and Austin Reeves in that respect, had five points, five rebounds, and two assists. And I, I just love the synergy that those two showed throughout this game. Jalen Brunson got Team USA off to a really nice start in this one. Had a pretty nasty up and under. Um, went to the bench pretty quickly, as did Josh Harper. When they came back in halfway through the second quarter, Brunson immediately had a Nash dribble circling under the basket and hit Hart cutting for a layup. 
And, and I, I've talked about it before, but, but it's those moments of synergy between those two on Team USA that really get me excited to watch the Knicks last year. I mean, we, we got to look back on the Knicks season and remember they only had about 30 games together, including the playoffs, to, um, I, I guess, reacquaint themselves with each other, for lack of a better term. And they already showed awesome chemistry. Didn't get a ton of opportunity to play together. It was mostly in term, mostly closing games. Obviously, Brunson was starting. Hart was coming off the bench. But I, I, as I've said before, I think Dante DiVincenzo will encourage Tom Thibodeau to maybe take Brunson out a little bit earlier in games, put Emmanuel quickly into the, into the, or into the lineup with the starters to play with the starters, and, and then bring Brunson back in towards the second half of the bench's run to get some opportunity with DiVincenzo, with Josh Hart. I think DiVincenzo's shooting will make a substantial difference on that second unit in terms of opening things up enough to justify playing Hart and Brunson together. And, and especially with Obi Toppin gone, you don't need to justify it as much because Hart, instead of being a, a three who can't shoot, all of a sudden is a four who can kind of shoot relative to that position. And to that point, um, I, I was really encouraged by the fact that Hart showed zero hesitation, firing from three, got two wide open ones. First one from the left wing went in and out. Another one in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter, actually, um, from the corner went down for Josh Hart. And he just showed off his basketball IQ in this game, had a really nice sequence where uh, Italy went to a zone when Team USA just just started um, grilling them inside a little bit, trying to answer to that. And and then Team USA sort of responded, all right, well, we'll just start shooting threes. Brunson had the ball right wing. Hart, just like you're supposed to do, popped up to be the fulcrum of the offense at the foul line, caught it, immediately redirected it um, to... Mikhail Bridges for a three-pointer. So that, that was a nice play involving all three of the Nova trio. Um, Josh Hart had another nice play setting up Jalen Brunson. We caught in the wing um, and just immediately jumped past it over to Brunson. Brunson dribble drive, got to the basket. But it, that type of play to me kind of epitomizes the difference that Josh Hart made in New York season after he was traded to the Knicks. Um, I talked about it before, but the Knicks have a lot of guys who are pretty good passers but not necessarily quick decision makers. And and that's certainly not an issue for Josh Hart. By making that pass without even letting his feet touch the ground, um, he let Jalen Brunson get that step on his defender, get all the way to the rim. And and of course, Jalen's capable of just slowly taking a guy one-on-one, changing pace two or three times, and getting to the rim. But over the course of the season, you want to make things easier on your superstar. You want to take a little bit of that load off his back. And Josh Hart can do that by making quick decisions and making it so Jalen can just beat a guy who's a little bit off balance instead of having to go through the whole process of, of working him in the post, which he's obviously capable of doing. Mikhail Bridges was also, um, I, I don't want to even say also, like he was the standout in this game for Team USA in 18 minutes, had 24 points, six boards, an assist, two steals, and a block. Shot eight for 11 from the field, four for six from three hyper efficient and he, he just showed the um the theoretical upside of what these three could do playing together in the nba i i the biggest thing for me as someone who watched bridges a lot um on the phoenix suns during that time he was pretty reticent to take control of basketball games and in the biggest moments would i i would arguably like over defer to devin booker and chris paul um, today you, you saw the evolution that he's had on the Brooklyn Nets. Because I, I thought he had kind of regressed back to doing that a little bit on Team USA. But today he played more like the Nets version of Mikhail Bridges. It was hyper-aggressive in transition. When, when, when teams pressed up on him, he, he said, all right, I'm 6'8 with a, a million-foot wingspan and, and I've gotten stronger. I'm going to blow by you. I'm going to get to the rim. I'm going to put my body into you and carve out space for a layup. 
Um, also had a momentum changing stretch where he made two straight threes, really wasn't afraid to fire from distance. And I'll talk about it in a sec with Tyrese Halliburton. That was another big shift for me in Team USA that, that all these guys got into a really good flow and essentially were just comfortable playing their game versus overly passing the ball, um, being too unselfish. Because at some point, the stars have to be the stars. And, and that was certainly the case today for Team USA. The other thing that made a big difference that I suggested coming out of that loss to Lithuania was getting more aggressive in terms of ball pressure. And we saw the U.S. employ a three-quarters court press as early as the first quarter and incorporate it multiple times throughout the game. And I thought it, it worked wonders towards flustering Italy. Like, and, and Italy still had their opportunities in this game, got their share of offensive rebounds, finishing with nine in this game, a lot of them coming early on. Um, the U.S. had a lot of issues keeping a former Pelican, Nicola Melli, off the glass, they got a bunch of threes. Couldn't really hit any of them. Finished seven for 38 from distance. But that press really, really hampered Italy's ability to get into a flow offensively. It helped the U.S. slow down Italian star Simone Fontecchio, who's on the Utah Jazz um, and has been one of the best players in this FIBA tournament. I, I think whether they play Germany or Latvia, that's going to be part of their game plan. Probably more so against Latvia because Latvia doesn't really have NBA-level ball handling. Germany, of course, does have Dennis Schroeder, so could be a bit more difficult to speed him up the same way as Schroeder. Obviously, is a fantastic handle, has an NBA veteran, isn't going to be as wowed um, by the length of guys like Anthony Edwards and Mikhail Bridges. But I, I thought it, it it was a good tactic for Steve Kerr against an Italy team that was relatively undermanned, ensured the U.S. got separation early. There was no real drama late in this game as the U.S. Um, by the second quarter was up by more than 20 points and, and then just cruised with a dominating third where they outscored Italy 37 to 20. And, and again, that pressure really set the right tone. Absolutely harassing defenses. Italy only had 18 points through about the halfway mark of the second quarter. Can the U.S. replicate that going forward? Who else played well for Team USA? And the path going forward uh, for R.J. Barrett and a tough game against Slovenia tomorrow. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about our buddies over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bottom line, I, I told you guys the other day, um, I, I really, I think I impressed my girlfriend, which, which is, is tough to do because I, I don't inherently have the best sense of style. So I rely on the fact that I do a podcast and occasionally companies will be nice enough to send me free clothes. And man, have Bird Dogs been a revelation for me in that respect. They are the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. They're the best looking shorts I've ever worn. And what I prize more than anything else is their versatility. My, my style is generally could best be described as pickup basketball casual. I'm very happy to just wear basketball shorts anywhere and everywhere I go. Um, and sometimes that's an issue uh, because you you want to you want to be looking a little bit nicer than that. And and the beauty of bird dogs is I can hoop in them if I want to. I can also go to a movie. I can go to a backyard party in them and look good doing it while also feeling incredibly comfortable. And, and that's because bird dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement and it keeps you cool all day long using anti-stink sweat wicking fabric there are quite literally the best shorts i've ever worn for the summer heat so go to birddogs.com slash locked on xxx or enter promo code locked on xxx at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order i'm using mine every single day that's birddogs.com slash locked on xxx for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we can promise you that. All right. Uh, how did Team USA 
find so much success against Italy. What, what are some of the concerns as we head on to round two against, uh, or not round two, head on to the semifinals against either Germany or Latvia? So I, I mentioned Mikhail Bridges getting more aggressive. Same thing today from Tyrese Halliburton, who, who was spectacular in this game, had 18 points in this one, went six for eight from three-point range, five assists, four rebounds, three steals. If Bridges wasn't Team USA's best player, he was. Um, Halliburton w- w- was clearly the guy for the U.S. He was super-duper aggressive in this one, um, not hesitating to fire from distance. And, and we've seen, I mean, even in the first quarter of this game, he was doing it a bit. Long stretches where, where he hasn't been the same guy. He is for the Indiana Pacers, right? And it's such a fine balance when you're playing for Team USA, right? Because you're, you're not being asked to be the same type of superstar and you have to take into account that your teammates are just as good if not better with the basketball than you are but Halliburton also is maybe the best pure shooter on this team I gotta maybe go through the roster one more time and and double check that but for my money he might be that guy like he has to put up a ton of threes he's able to do that in this game and that clearly got him feeling himself a little bit Um, finished up the night with a crazy between the legs alley-oop to Paolo Bancaro, which was a lot of fun. We'll get into uh, why this was such a feel-good story, feel-good um, evening um, in Manila for Bancaro in just a bit. But I think Halliburton playing with that swagger makes a big difference. Speaking of swagger, Austin Reeves, who is swagger embodied for Team USA, had a real bounce-back game after he got clowned a little bit against Lithuania, three for four from the field, two for three from three, four for four from the line. Also had four rebounds, three assists to go along with his 12 points. Just playing with confidence, shot a really deep step back three early in the first half. He's one of those guys. He's almost similar to RJ Barrett in this respect that however he plays the previous game, you never really expect him to be down. You never really expect him to start doubting himself, but that was still really good to see because he's functioned um, along with Halliburton as sort of the ultimate metronome for Team USA. When those guys are playing well, when those guys are playing confident, um, things look a lot better for the U.S. And, and again, it is about degree of difficulty to some extent. Italy has no NBA players off the bench. They only have one current NBA player on their entire roster. So you expect Reeves, you expect Halliburton to dominate opposing bench units, but they got that done. And that was more than you could say against Lithuania. Um, another guy who stood out, Brandon Ingram, I, I think he's slowly but surely settling into his role a little bit more, clearly putting more effort on the defensive end in this game, hit a big spot up three, was aggressive attacking the rim to get to the foul line, um, and had one other play that really stood out to me. Like it, it, it was kind of interesting how I, I talk about most of the guys on this team had to be more aggressive guys like Ingram and Anthony Edwards, maybe had to defer a little bit more And Ingram had a nice one where he drove into the lane, drew two, kicked to Halliburton who immediately had a no-look redirect to Bobby Portis for a layup. But that's kind of the role player's stuff you want from Ingram, leveraging his gravity, pulling over a second defender, and setting off a swing-swing sequence that doesn't necessarily net you a bucket, doesn't necessarily net you an assist, but gets you the hockey assist and gets your teammate an easy setup. Uh, Paolo Bancaro led Team USA in minutes. I think that was very intentional from Steve Kerr. There was this uh, mini controversy before the tournament where Bancaro tentatively agreed to play for Team Italy, not expecting to get the call from Team USA. Um, ultimately did get it, switched his allegiance to play for Team USA. And um, there was some ire on the Italian side. I mean, you could see why Bancaro obviously would have been the most talented player on, the, on their roster. I still think Team USA is probably in the same position without Bancaro, but his ability to play small ball five, provide some athleticism at that spot has been pretty essential for Team USA throughout this tournament. And I thought Kerr, uh, Steve, or Steve Kerr rather, giving him some minutes 
um, or extra minutes in this game. It was kind of an acknowledgement of that and saying like, hey, I want you I want you to show out against these guys. I want you to have a moment against these guys. And Bancaro was able to do that. As far as concerns going forward for Team USA, I'm still a little bit worried about their rebounding. Nicola Melli was was really good on the glass in this one. You did see um, Team USA as a group make more of an effort to gang rebound. I know that. I remember even as far back as the um, mid-2000s teams, that was a big emphasis with guys like Wade, Kobe, LeBron, doing all they could to crash the glass. Unfortunately, this U.S. team doesn't have quite that same size, that same girth, um, or, or the same just rebounding talent that those three guys possess. Obviously, LeBron and and having LeBron and being able to play him as a three was an incredible luxury for team USA because he, he was just so physical, so athletic, so strong. You, you never really had any concerns about him. Um, well, I mean, he would dominate rebounding as a three and, and would certainly hold his own as a four. That was never really an issue with this smaller group. It, it is going to take some feistiness. And, and we saw that today with, with bridges getting involved and in getting dirty Edwards, getting his hands a little bit dirty. Josh Hart had this really nice play where Melly would have had a putback layup and, and Hart skied through the air to tip it away. And, and that's, uh, we've said it a bunch of times, but that, that is really Hart's value encapsulated on this team. And it's why I think if the U.S. plays Germany or if they play Latvia um, and if they advance to the championship, you're going to see Hart on the floor for at least half the game because he is so essential from that rebounding and toughness perspective. And I, I think with, with, with even more on the line in the next round, you're going to see more of that from Josh Hart. But that remains a concern. The U.S. also gave up a bunch of threes in this game. Again, Italy couldn't hit them. If Italy had early, maybe a little bit of a different game going down the stretch. I still think the U.S. had too much talent, but that's definitely something to watch going forward. All right, we got to talk about the U.S.'s upcoming opponents. We got to talk about uh, Team Canada and how they match up with Slovenia. That next on Locked on Knicks. All right, let's get into it. Um, the U.S. will play either Latvia or Germany in the next round. Uh, Latvia's had a fascinating tournament. They were blown out by Canada, but had a couple of incredible wins. They eliminated France in a two-point barn burner. If not, um, the French could have been facing the U.S. down on the other side of the bracket. Would have got another. Awesome matchup with Evan Fournier, Rudy Gobert, um, not Frank because he was hurt, but those are those are always really fun. A rematch of the gold medal game at the Tokyo Olympics. Unfortunately uh, for France, uh, Latvia, despite not having Kristaps Porzingis, upset them, upset Spain, um, and just generally has been on an awesome, awesome, awesome run in this tournament. They have Rodion's Kurutz, they have Davis Bertans. That that is the extent of their, um, at least as far as I remember, their their former and current NBA talent. But those guys have been playing incredibly connected basketball. They have an opportunity to bomb a bunch of threes. The good news for Team USA, if Latvia does get through, they don't necessarily have that one big, like a Nikola Vucevic um, or Jonas Valanciunas that can really punish the U.S. going forward. And, and more good news for Team USA, uh, Lithuania, as I, I noted a little bit earlier, uh, getting out today so they don't have to worry about Valanciunas and the Lithuanians on the other side of the bracket, which I, I think as intensely as the U.S. would have come out for that potential final with the prospect of getting revenge, that would have been a really, really tough challenge for Team USA. So that's exciting. Rokas Jakobinas, by the way, in that closeout game, 13 points, nine assists, easily the best player on the floor for the Lithuanians. So for uh, for Knicks fans going forward, that is something to be really excited about. But anyways, uh, Latvia, really good, really connected. I would be surprised if the U.S. doesn't ultimately face the Germans in the next round. Germany has been spectacular in this tournament. I mean, their most notable result was beating Luka Doncic and Slovenia by 29 in the earlier rounds. Dennis Schroeder had 31 points and 10 assists in, or excuse me, um, 21, 24 points and 10 assists in just 25 minutes 
in that game. Um, Schroeder, for whatever reason, um, I, I think Prez tweeted this out. And I totally agree with it. It basically becomes Damian Lillard um, when it comes time for FIBA play. And um, he, he, we've seen the U.S. in the past just get burned by incredible guard play. I'll always remember Carlos Arroyo and the Puerto Rican national team in 2004. Of course, Manny Ginobili and the Argentinians um, in that same Olympics. Um, Evan Fournier has done it a few times. The Team USA, Patty Mills has done it a few times. The Team USA, right? There's something about um, mediocre to pretty good NBA guards when they get to FIBA. Um, all of a sudden, with the ball in their hands, the weight of the world on their shoulders, they just become absolute superstars. He's going to be a big threat. Uh, Franz Wagner is, is a name to note going forward. Obviously, on paper, he is the Germans' best player. He's been out with an injury for the majority of the World Cup. Got in some work today, or I think either today or yesterday. Um, individual shooting, shooting some fadeaways, was getting in some dunks, has yet to progress to five-on-five five contact. So he is very much questionable for that um, quarterfinal game against Latvia. I could see him either not playing in that game or playing limited minutes, and then if Germany gets through, all of a sudden he's going to be back and be fully functional for that matchup with Team USA. So that is certainly something to watch because the Germans um, in the exhibitions obviously gave the U.S. a great game. I, I think the U.S. was down by as many as 18 before ultimately coming back to win um, they are not going to be able to concede that same type of lead to Germany and have any hopes of ultimately progressing to the final. Um, that is going to be an issue if the U.S. doesn't bring their A game. Germany, again, doesn't have necessarily that one overwhelming big, but they do have quality sides between uh, Mo Wagner and Daniel Tice and, and guys who can just kill you on the offensive glass. Both of them really talented rebounders, both of them really active so you, you might need to play Walker Kessler a bit in that game. you you, you got to hope Jaron Jackson Jr. has a fire lit under him, and it's going to have to be a team-wide effort crashing the glass, as I said earlier. Guys like Brandon Ingram, guys like Anthony Edwards have to use their strength, length, and athletic ability to help out. If not, it's going to be a really long day for Team USA, and it's made harder by the fact that you really have to respect guys like Schroeder, guys like Franz Wagner, and their ability to hit from distance. As far as Team Canada um, we'll have uh, full thoughts on that game after their matchup with Slovenia tomorrow. Um, but that is certainly one to watch. It is going to be um, probably the challenge of this tournament for Canada. Doncic is going to be the best player on the floor. Shea Gildas-Alexander was absolutely cooking in that win over Spain. I, I, I think the challenge for Canada is for SGA to step up and at times match Doncic shot for shot, but also calibrate that by setting up guys like Dylan Brooks, by setting up R.J. Barrett, setting up the bigs and Kelly Olenek and Dwight Powell, and taking advantage of the fact that Canada has a pretty substantial talent advantage at every other spot on the roster. If Canada does that, they should be able to move on to the semifinals against Serbia. Um, if not, Doncic is more than capable of having an all-time game and carrying Slovenia to victory. I would expect that one to come down to the wire. I, I think another key for Canada is just the ability to throw multiple bodies at Doncic, like rough him up with Dylan Brooks a little bit, give RJ a little bit of time on him. Uh, SGA helping out, Lou Dort capable in switches just because he's one of the strongest players in the NBA, of course. So Doncic's going to have his way being able to shoot over him on both step back threes and short fadeaways and in the post, but maybe Dort can disrupt him a little bit. Rim protection with Dwight Powell going to be essential in that one. So tough matchup for Canada coming up. We'll have that. We'll have our, our grade year takes episode. I know you guys have been patiently waiting for that one. Um, Alex will come back, do that one with me. And uh, yeah, plenty of other great content coming forward 
for you on Locked On Knicks. But until then, I'm Gavin Shaw. Signing off for now. We will talk to you soon on the Locked On Knicks podcast.